Hey, man, you can have a seat. You can have a seat. Man, uh, good morning. It is great to be here, and it's always good to be in the house of the Lord. Can I get an amen if you agree with that? All right, some of y'all are awake. Let's try to keep it like that, all right? Man, uh, we've said it before, and we'll continue to say it. Man, I hope our time at Bowie Elementary uh, can be a reminder that our church is not defined by a church building, all right? Man, we can have church even when we are meeting in an elementary school, and believe it or not, even when that building is finished, man, we still will not be defined by that church building, all right? Man, we're defined as, man, we are made up as a body of believers, and it is very encouraging to be able to be here today, gathered as that body. Like we said earlier, to be able to worship in song, to be able to worship in music, to be able to worship in prayer, and to be able to worship in word. Man, let us get it right. Like, the worship doesn't stop when the band leaves the stage, right? Man, the worship doesn't stop when we say amen and we dismiss and we leave this building. Man, we ought to be living this worshipful lifestyle, all right? And so, man, please be with me today. Uh, you can join me in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, all right? We're going to be looking at verses 16, 17, and 18. And man, as you tap, turn, or scroll your way there, man, I want to go ahead and just pray over this time, and I want to ask you to join me in prayer, man, and pray these three simple-to-say things, but so hard to walk out. That's why we need God's help. That's why we're asking him for these three things. Number one, that he would speak, all right? Man, don't come to church not wanting to hear from God, all right? Man, ask him to speak. Ask his spirit to move. Number two, man, ask that he does so in a way that's loud and clear enough so you can hear what his message is for you today, right? Man, we've all been that bad kid at one time when somebody was speaking truth into our lives, but we chose not to hear that message. Don't let that happen with God today, all right? And then the third thing, man, let's ask that as he speaks, as he allows us to hear, man, that that truth will set us free. Man, we are not perfect. Man, we've just been forgiven, right? And so, like, we understand that we're broken, we're imperfect people, and that's why we need that freedom from that sin that tries to so easily entangle us, all right? So let's pray that as he speaks, as we listen, man, that truth will set us free from those things, all right? Join me in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we ask you those things. God, we don't want to just come church. We don't want to just come and do church. Man, I know that we got a lot of things on the to-do list, but today, God, as we're here, God, we pray that you would speak to us. Man, that's what we love about your spirit. Man, your spirit is capable and able to be able to speak to each one of us, even though we're at different places in our journey as we walk out our faith. And so, God, we pray that that would take place. God, please speak. Number two, God, please allow us to hear what your spirit is saying. God, here's the thing. Man, if we leave here and we can't reiterate the truth that we just talked about, then maybe we're doing it wrong. God, I pray that not only will we hear that message, but God, thirdly, you would allow that message to set us free. 
And God, as we leave here, God, we wouldn't leave here having completed church, but we would leave here embarking on the message, on the mission to be able to share the message with anybody that we come in contact with. And you know what? Thursday is a great captive audience. God, I pray that we utilize opportunities to be able to take what we hear today, to take the message that you utilize to change our steps towards you and not keep that to ourselves. God, please let us be willing to share those things. God, we ask those three things in your name. Amen. 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 Hey, man, I want to go ahead and start off with a question. And my question for us today is, have you ever done any research into the first Thanksgiving? All right. Have y'all ever looked into what actually took place at the first Thanksgiving? Because I'll be honest, man, that sounds like schoolwork. And I finished school a long time ago. All right. And so, man, I'm not trying to go back to school. But here's the thing. I have not done much research in it. But last Thursday, I did accept the invitation to go to my son Parker's kindergarten Thanksgiving play. Thank you. All right. Last Thursday, man, myself, others, we went into that tiny classroom and we heard an amazing recap of what went down the first time people celebrated Thanksgiving. All right. My son, his role was a man from Holland. All right. He wasn't a pilgrim. He wasn't like the turkey. All right. Man, he wasn't a Native American. Man, he was a man from Holland and he had one line. All right. He said, I am from the country and its name is Holland, the land of the windmills. All right. And then he broke out into a song and dance about windmills. My son crushed it, guys. Like, like, man, come on, somebody call Hollywood. Sign him up because my man's got skills and he gets them all from his mom. All right. And so here's the thing. Man, it had me thinking, like, what in the world is he a Holland person? Like, man, what does that, like, where is that in the story? I had forgotten about it, all right? Man, Parker and his class taught me. Uh, man, what an important role even those uh, also played in the part of the story of the pilgrim's journey to America. And so, man, we were celebrating what took place in that classroom later on as we met as a family around the dinner table. And my daughter, Mackenzie, who could not be, you know, outshined by her, uh, you know, little brother, man, goes, excuses herself from the dinner table, goes around the corner and comes to the dinner table with some homemade flashcards, all right, and then busts out in this nice little reenactment, all right, uh, dinner theater, if you will, all right, of what really went down the very first time that people celebrated Thanksgiving from start to finish, scene to scene, act one, act two, act three, all right, like it was intense. And in between each scene change and each like flashcard moving over and, and, and setting the, the scene, man, you had our little brother saying, but what about Holland? Don't forget about Holland. Like where's Holland at? And man, it was beautiful, all right? Man, I learned a lot of things just at the dinner table, man. I learned about people escaping religious persecution. Man, I learned how April showers bring Mayflowers, and it was the Mayflower that brought pilgrims to America, all right? Man, man, I learned about how long and hard the journey was to get to America, and then the battle that they had to uh, fight to just survive once they got here. And man, I learned about a man, a Native American named Squanto, who showed these first Americans how to plant food and grow, uh, you know, like corn and, and different types of crops, and, and, and then... I learned from both my kids how two opposing sides came together for a Thanksgiving feast. 
And with their help, Parker, McKenzie, I now feel like I'm a certified expert and I can speak on it, all right? But here's the thing. Man, I dug a little bit deeper. Thank you, Google, all right? Man, I went a little bit deeper. And, and, and here's the thing. Man, it was incredible how different the first Thanksgiving is when compared to the picture that we have in our minds about the gathering that we have once a year around our dinner table or somebody else's dinner table. Man, it's a little bit different, all right? And I wrote down five points in, in the, the real quick. Number one, probably no turkey, all right? Man, like, that's a big deal, all right? Like, I'm kind of ham over turkey, all right? But, like, any meat, like, I'm meats over sweets, and so, like, it, like I like it all, all right? But, but the first Thanksgiving probably, man, they probably ate venison or some wild fowl, but probably not turkey was not the centerpiece, man. Uh, th- the second point kind of blew my mind. I don't know, have any of y'all ever seen a cornucopia? Anybody ever seen one of those things? I mean, like the first time I saw a cornucopia, it was just a picture, but it was like turned over on its side. Like I thought it fell over because all the fruit fell out of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 like whose job was this? And they couldn't even stand it upright. You know what I'm saying? But y'all know all that fruit that just comes out of that cornucopia? Man, probably no fruit on that table at the first feast. Probably just onions, beans, lettuce, spinach, cabbage, and carrots, all right? And then this kind of blew my mind. No corn on the cob. Like, like, I love corn on the cob, but I'm kind of like high class. Like, like I don't want to get it in my teeth, so I take the corn on the cob, and then I take my knife, and I just slice it off. Like, is that, is that wrong? Like, some of y'all are judging me right now. That's okay. All right, but I see you, Jeremy. That's all right. But, but, but here's the thing. Check this out. Man, they probably didn't have corn on the cob. They probably just had cornmeal instead. And this, oh, this got me no pumpkin pie. Like, hello, what in the world? You know what I'm saying? Uh, check this out. I read this. Man, uh, probably just hollowed out some pumpkins and filled them with custard, all right? Man, that sounds really good for the people who ate it at the first feast, but <laughs> man, I was making this list and I was like, hold up, my life group is getting together tonight and we're going to have a friends giving feast. Nobody bring anything that I just read, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> stick to what's on meal train, you know, I saw that we were doing it right. Okay, so here's the thing. Man, the last thing kind of blew my mind, fifth thing. Surprisingly, man, there were not a lot of women present at the first feast. Man, due to the, one of the severe winners that they, like the first winner that they had to fight through, man, it took a lot of the lives of the ladies. And so, man, the three-day feast that we celebrate still today, man, it was more so of like a military alliance that was made up of mostly guys. And so it had me thinking, man, over the years, like Thanksgiving has changed and it has grown into like maybe more uh, of something that we're like accustomed to or we're more familiar with, all right? Man, turkey and cranberry and and stuffing and and, and giblet gravy if you go there, Uh, football, friends and family. It's more of that kind of alliance instead of a military alliance. And uh, basically, man, our modern day Thanksgiving is like eat until you explode turkey and football holiday. And I'm okay with some of that. All right. I'm all right with that. But man, as I started thinking more, there's one item, if you will, that was present at that first Thanksgiving meeting that has endured over the years. And I hope it will be present around your table this year as you gather wherever you gather. All right. And what I'm talking about can be seen from this pilgrim's prayer that I found at the Pilgrim Hall Museum, all right? Listen to when that's, that's basically said, this is probably what the first prayer maybe said at that first Thanksgiving feast was like. It goes like this. O Lord, our God and heavenly Father, which of thy unspeakable mercy towards us has provided meat and drink for the nourishment of our weak bodies. Grant us peace 
to use them reverently as from thy hands with thankful hearts. Let thy blessing rest upon these, thy good creatures, to our comfort and sustenation. And grant we humbly beseech thee, good Lord, that as we do hunger and thirst for this food of our bodies, so our souls may earnestly long after the food of eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Man, when I read that prayer for so many years ago, first things first, I was like, I love what they did with the English language. You know what I'm saying? How they phrase those words and they, uh, you know, uh, put those sentences together. That was the first thing. Sometimes I think that we talk good nowadays, but sometimes I wish it that we still spoke it, you know, with that honorific type of manner. You know what I'm saying? But uh, the second thing, man, you probably noticed it all throughout that prayer was the theme of thankfulness. Man, thankfulness was served and was given in abundance at that very first feast. And I pray that it will be served and given in abundance around your table this year. And why would I say that? Man, on a practical level, man, from a scientific viewpoint, when we talk about gratitude, man, gratitude basically uh, does a lot of positive things for us. Man, gratitude provides a boatload. That's a pilgrim pun. Uh, man, it, it provides a boatload of benefits, and some of those things would be mental and physical health. Like, man, being grateful, having the, the attitude of gratitude, man, it allows us to have a better mental and physical state of health. Man, it allows us to have better sleep. You're not sleeping well. Man, it might not just be a CPAP problem. You might have a, a gratitude problem, all right? Man, um, it, it allows us to have more friendships, stronger relationships, and it can even boost your self-esteem. But from a spiritual standpoint, and that's where we're going to go today, men, as Christ followers, we ought to make an attitude of gratitude a permanent part of our daily routine. Man, I, I don't know sometimes why we get so worked up on Thanksgiving and, and, and it's like, man, what are you thankful for today as if we could not be thankful any of the other days of the year? And we should be. Man, we ought to be as Christ followers, man, we ought to be all about an attitude of gratitude every day of the year. And I believe that that might be why the Bible clearly instructs us over and over dozens and dozens of times to be thankful because God has given us this gratitude. He's given us this as a key to a content life. Man, he allows us to be grateful for the things that he has done and we're able to praise him in our relationship with him. And so I got to ask you a question. How thankful are you? See, that's a loaded question because, man, when we say how thankful are you, it's kind of like sometimes when we say like, hey, what's up? You just want somebody to say, oh, what's up? It's all good. You know, you don't want somebody to actually stop and say, hey, man, okay, we're going to have to sit down for this. Uh, man, God, man, here's the thing. Here's what's happening in my life. And you're checking the, you're like, dude, I was just trying to tell you how, all right? But that's not what you said. You said, how's it going? Like, what's up? Like, what's happening? And now you're upset that somebody's actually telling you how real their life is. Here's the thing. Man, sometimes we can be generic or sometimes we can be real. 
See, if we're real, sometimes it's hard to be thankful, we think, because of the situations that we're going through. But man, no matter where you find yourself on the spectrum, like, yeah, man, I'm thankful, man, or, or you don't know what I'm going through. Man, you don't know how hard this is going to be for me. You don't know what's happening in our life. Wherever, wherever you fall on that spectrum, man, I want to ask you to fall into the truths found in 1 Thessalonians with me, chapter 5, verse 16, 17, and 18. Let's, let's read them right now. Starting at verse 16, rejoice always. Verse 17, pray without ceasing. Verse 18, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Let me read them again. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Man, we can give thanks for so many things. Man, we can give thanks for so many things. But do we give thanks for everything? See, this verse tells us that God allows the temptations. He allows the, 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 the trials, the, the struggles in our lives to keep our eyes on him. And, and basically, man, the only way to do that is to be thankful in everything, even going through some pretty tough stuff. Man, Paul is telling the church of Thessalonica, and I believe the Spirit is speaking, us to, speaking to us today through the same text, to always be joyful, to never stop praying, to be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong in Christ Jesus. Man, these verses are so short, but they're so powerful. Man, let's look at them. Verse 16, rejoice always. Let me hear you say the word always. Now, bump that person who's sitting next to you and say it always. Come on. All right. Now, listen, listen, listen. Man, when we talk about the word always, that doesn't just mean on Sundays. Man, Paul's not saying rejoice on Sundays. Paul's not saying, man, rejoice when things like are going your way. Man, he's not saying, man, rejoice when you feel like it. Men always doesn't mean those things. He's saying rejoice always. Man, you can break it down like this. We need to rejoice always and always means in all ways. Man, we need to give him rejoice with our everything. Not only rejoicing in the happy things, but that means also rejoicing in the sorrowful things. That's the difference between joy and happiness, happiness, emotion. Man, my emotions are kind of like twisted up some days, all right? Man, but here's the thing. I can always find joy in Christ in every circumstance, but it's not easy. Remember I said earlier, we're broken, we're imperfect people. Man, sometimes we want to be on the mountaintop. Man, we want God to put us up on the mountaintop, but we forget about the climb that it takes to get up there. And, man, I haven't seen a lot of things outside of Greenville, but I've been to a few mountains, not a lot, and I noticed the higher and the higher and the higher you climb up on that mountain, there's less things to look at. Have you ever noticed that? Man, the trees can't grow at the top of the mountain, all right? 
But if you go all the way to the valley, then you will see maybe a river cutting through and it's green and it's lush and there's like greenery everywhere, not at the top, but in the valley. See, some of us, man, we want to be on the mountaintop, but we don't realize that God has put us in the valley because he's trying to grow us. Because he's trying to work things out in and through us. So sometimes we're going to rejoice because things are great. And sometimes we got to rejoice even when we're in the valley. Men, as Christ followers, we can rejoice always because our joy isn't based in circumstances, but our joy is based in God. Do you agree with that? Man, circumstances, they change, but our God does not change. Man, our God is steadfast. The, the author of Hebrews reminds us in chapter 13, verse 8, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Man, our God doesn't change. Man, our joy, we can rejoice always because our God is steadfast. Man, verse 17 says, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Man, as Christ followers, we are to pray continually. Man, that used to confuse me when I was little. Like, like have you ever been confused by that verse? You're like, man, you're confused by one of the shortest verses in the Bible? Yes. All right. Man, to pray continuously. Man, that had me puzzled as a kid because I was always getting, like, hit upside the head, like, during the prayer, like, Justin, you better close your eyes. Justin, you better sit still. Justin, you better not be talking while the pastor's talking. Justin, you better do all these things because this is how you pray. Hold up. Wait a minute. And now I'm being told I got to pray, like, without stopping? So, like, I got to be still, but how am I supposed to walk from point A to point B, all right? I got to hold my hands like this, but how am I supposed to write? You know what I'm saying? Like, like how, am I, how am I supposed to shake a hand? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm supposed to keep my eyes closed. Like, I can't peek, but how am I going to walk down the hallway? Man, I don't know if I was just confused or just a really bad kid. Like, I, I, I was wanting to try to make an argument out of everything. You know what I'm saying? But, man, I was confused. And some of us are confused because, listen to this, we can't bow our heads, close our eyes, and fold our hands without ceasing. We can't do it, all right? It's impossible. But those are customs of prayer. Those aren't prayer itself, right? Man, prayer is communication with God. Man, we're able to talk with God. And as Christ followers, we can live each minute of the day in a constant, flowing conversation with our Heavenly Father. Man, there ought to be like mind-blowing up, like explosions all over the room, all right? Man, that's mind-blowing. Man, we ought to be in constant conversation with God. Man, with Christ as our high priest. Man, as the Holy Spirit is the one interceding on our behalf, we have an, man, we have an instant and a constant access to God. Are we utilizing it? Are we taking advantage of it? Or do we just take advantage of it? Man, this is not a contradiction to Christ's words in Matthew 6, 6. See, man, he teaches people. Man, in verse 6, he says, but when you pray... Man, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your father in private. 
then your, then your father who sees everything will reward you. Man, we got to understand the context that he was writing that. And the, I mean, the context that he was speaking to the people about that and kind of showing that the religious leaders were doing it wrong. I believe that there's significant, important value in a time where we shut out all other distractions and we focus on God in prayer by ourselves. I think that's valuable. But there's also room and great value in every day of the, every minute of the day type of fellowship with our Heavenly Father. Man, let's stop trying to confine it. Let's stop trying to compartmentalize it. Man, let's realize that we can be praying every part of the day. I'm not saying I don't listen to y'all when, when y'all talk to me, but there's sometimes I just have to stop listening to y'all and I just got to pray for y'all, all right? And I know y'all got to do the same for me, all right? So it's mutual, all right? But man, when we hear this teaching, there's some important things that we can take note of because sometimes we put all these rules to prayer and it is very important sometimes not to peek during the prayer, I guess. Man, there's times that it's very important to be reverent. I'm not, I mean, I'm not taking away all those things, but I think that there's the voice, man, it's not an essential element in prayer. Man, when somebody's standing up and they're praying out loud, you can listen or you can be praying in your heart too, right? We know that. Man, we can be praying for our, our family even when we're sitting at the dinner table, even when we're enjoying the food even after the prayer of blessing, asking God to bless that food has already taken place. Man, the posture of prayer is not the primary importance. Man, you can pray while you're driving. Man, some of y'all, if y'all drive on I-30, you probably need to pray. You know what I'm saying? Man, goodness. All right? Pray for yourself and pray for that construction to get done. All right? Man, the place of prayer is not the greatest importance. You can pray anywhere. The particular time of day is not what's important. You can pray anytime. Man, as a Christ follower, we should never be in a place where we cannot pray. We got to understand that we can always pray. MC Hammer once said, you got to pray, pray. You got to pray, pray. We got to pray just to make it today, all right? I had to put that in there just in case Matt is like watching on Facebook because he loves... <laughs> That boy, you walk into his office unexpected, that dude is listening to MC Hammer. All right, here we go. All right. Hey, that might not be true. All right, here's the thing. Third point, third point. Third point, man, that third verse. We need to give thanks. Listen to how Paul writes this. We need to give thanks in all circumstances. Ooh. You know, that's a small letter, three words, but it's so big. We need to give thanks in all circumstances. Man, we don't need to give thanks for everything. We need to give thanks in everything. Y'all see the difference? Man, we need to recognize God's sovereign hand is in charge of every aspect of our life. Come on now. Man, we are not, we're not serving a blind God. We're not, we're not operating on blind faith. Man, we're not operating on chance. Man, our God is sovereign, all right? And because of that, we can give him thanks in all circumstances. Man, theologian Spurgeon, y'all might have heard of him. Man, he said this, listen to this. When joy and prayer are married, their firstborn child is gratitude. 
Man, that'll preach. It probably did preach. He probably preached it. All right. Man, here's the thing. Man, we got to understand that Paul is calling us to be joyful always, to rejoice always. Man, to be in prayer without stopping. And then to have that attitude of gratitude that he's calling us to, to be able to give thanks in all circumstances. See, the verse doesn't end right there. The last part of that verse, last part of verse 18 says this, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Man, after each one of Paul's exhortations, all three of them, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks. Man, we're told to do this because it's the will of God. Man, think about that. Let that marinate a little bit because there's sometimes that we hear that and we want to twist that and we want to hear it as this is God's will. So you must do it. Don't do it wrong. Man, instead, it is this is God's will. So you can do it. It's the difference because it won't be easy to rejoice always. It won't be easy to pray without stopping. Man, it is not easy to give thanks in everything, but we can do it. We can make it happen because it is God's will for us, not us, but he's the one doing it. Man, people ask me all the time, man, what's the will? Like, what's God's will for my life? And I think, man, we could get into a deep conversation. We could talk about God's yet unrevealed will. Man, how would I know? All right. Or we could also talk about, in a nutshell, God's revealed will. And, man, if you want to talk about the will that he's already revealed, man, send them to this verse. Because I believe that in this verse, you find that he wants us to have joy in everything. He wants us to pray about everything. Man, he wants us to be thankful about everything. And when our focus is being thankful, then we can have clear eyes and a clear mind to walk out our faith, and do what he actually wants us to do. But when we're not thankful, we don't have the clear mind. We don't have the clear eyes, bless you. Man, we don't have those things because here's the thing. Man, we allow our mindset to be clouded by a self-pity party. Man, he's not calling for that. So I want to challenge everybody, all of us, me included. Man, uh, this Thanksgiving, let's give thanks. And the day after Thanksgiving, let's give thanks. And the day after that, let's give thanks. Man, let's be thankful. Let's exhibit the attitude of gratitude. Can you imagine how your life would change if the attitude of gratitude became the permanent part of your daily walk? Can you imagine how your family would change? Man, maybe how that cubicle that you operate out of would change. Man, maybe out of those classes in college that are eating your lunch, how that stuff would change. Man, how this wedding that you're preparing for would change if you were living out of an attitude of gratitude. Man, I got a text from Jesse the other day, and I've been known to, like, mess Facebook up. Man, he's going to stop letting me post for the church on Facebook, all right? Man, I put this simple post that just said, hey, what you thankful for? All right. I thought it had a good picture on it. And I even scheduled it out a few days later because that's like high tech when you can do that. Okay. As soon as that posted, one minute later, he texts my phone, bro, 
did you mean to schedule this out? Like, you realize, like, Thanksgiving in two weeks, like, there's 14 days. Like, did you mean for this to go out right now? And y'all know what? I made the mistake, but I couldn't let him know that. So I replied back to him. I said, bro, did you know you could be thankful on days, like, other than Thanksgiving? (laughs) Did you know that you don't have to wait 14 days to tell people how thankful and what you're thankful for? (laughs) Yeah. Watch out, Jesse. Here's the thing. Listen, listen, guys, man, I bet some of y'all are about to have a Thanksgiving feast. Like I said, my life group, man, it's going down tonight. We have a Friendsgiving feast and it's going to be phenomenal. All right. But this year, instead of focusing on the turkey and the pies, man, put your focus on the thankfulness and the praise. Man, let's praise God. Let's have that gratitude for Jesus Christ and all he's done for us. Man, let's not forget to praise him. Man, don't wait till Thursday. Man, start it today. Like Jordan says, each and, will you say, Jordan, each and every day? I don't even know what that means. But like, man, we need to be about it all day, every day. And I think that's just every day is what he's saying, all right? So like, that's what we need to be about when it comes to being thankful and having that attitude, not on how we want it to be, but an attitude that's full of gratitude. All right. Y'all join me in prayer. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I pray that you would give us the power that we need to be able to give you thanks each and every day. God, I pray that you would allow us to be able to praise you for everything in our lives, in everything that takes place in our lives. God, bless us this Thanksgiving. Man, let us be reminded of what it says in Psalm 95.2. Let us come to him with thanksgiving. Let us sing praises to him. God, I pray that that would be true in each one of our lives. God, we know we're real, and if we want to be real, Man, we know that we really struggle. And so, God, there's people in this room, myself included, and there's situations that we're going through that it's hard to be thankful if we base our thankfulness or we base our joy or we base our attitude on that circumstance. Oh, but God, please let us not do that. Oh, God, please give us that attitude of gratitude that we need because we rejoice always. Man, we pray without stopping. God, we give praise and we, man, give you, man, we just do it in everything. Not because of us, but because of you. God, I pray for this moment, man, of time and reflection. And I pray for somebody in this room, man, if they need a prayer, God, I pray that they will reach out to somebody. Maybe they come to the altar. Man, maybe, maybe they allow us to pray with them. Man, maybe they just want to just pray with you, but the seat's too confining, and, and, and it's not about the posture or the position, but God, maybe they just need to just like get away from everybody else and find their way up to one of these steps. God, I pray for the people in this room. Maybe there's somebody who's like, man, I've been checking out church. I don't want to date church. I don't want to hop from church to church. I want to serve church. I want to not go to church. I want to be the church. God, maybe that's today. Man, maybe they join this church. They start that conversation. Like, how does that look? And God, man, there's some of us that we cannot have the attitude of Christ 
because we don't even have Christ in our life. And so, God, I pray that if that person's in this room, God, you give them courage. God, you give them courage to call out for you. God, you give them courage to be able to just be real and repentant to you. God, if they need help with that, man, there are people in this room that would love to help them through that conversation. God, please move in a mighty way. We thank you for all that you're doing. God, thank you for what you're going to continue to do. We ask all this in your son's name. Amen. Amen.